0: It'll just be you, me and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers.
1: It's time for the sports mix on talk radio WRNr and TV Ten. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports
0: with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzolini. Good. Good afternoon. Oh, I didn't click my own one on. All right. Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880, Spencer dapunik Verzellini and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us on this Monday afternoon here in the Eastern Panhandle, Colin and Dylan will kind of interchange here uh, during the week. Dylan going to be a rotational now Monday co-host.
1: Yeah, we got to give the sports doctors some breaks somewhere, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean he's here at seven thirty a.m. every day. Well, not Saturdays and Sundays, but seven thirty a.m. Monday through Friday. He's got all here all night on Fridays, and then here on Saturdays. Uh, give him some time off. And then we got the show tonight down live at the Neon Moon, the Monday Night Mayhem show. We'll be joined by head coach of the Shepherd Rams, Ernie McCook, Tyson Bajan, and another player that he'll bring along. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, but let's start talking high school football here. Uh, we saw Martinsburg get a 63 to nothing victory over Washington on Friday night. Excuse me, ezra agent services were only needed for one half. They, it was kind of a JV game in the second half. Uh, but uh, for Washington, it just seems like they they uh, couldn't take advantage of anything at all.
1: Yeah, Martinsburg just had too much firepower up yeah. front. Uh, their defensive line of the Bulldogs has been the strength of the team this entire season. So it's not surprising that when you go up against a team that's shorthanded to begin with, probably the smallest roster in the EPAC, that... They just didn't have the people up front to deal with the likes of Yancey and Reed for the Bulldogs. So it's not surprising that that's how the game went. Of course, Joe Verobel, quarterback for Washington, ended up getting hurt during that game, and it just kind of threw everything off. They actually ended up leading the Patriots to throw the ball a couple more times than they had before with Verobel in the game, but it didn't make a difference. By the time halftime rolled around, it was very clear that the Martinsburg was the better team and they shortened the game in the second half so it was another really good performance for Martinsburg it was sloppy weather that they had to deal with but still ended up putting up a lot of points on the board
2: yeah I don't really think there's much we can take away from this one because I just don't think at this point Washington has a program that you can realistically say can contend or even really challenge Martinsburg much at all at this point.
0: Yeah, and they'll have to rattle off four straight wins in order to get back to where they were the last two years at 500. They're currently one in four right now. One in five. Right? One in five. Yeah.
2: So I mean, it's not very likely for them to do that. But um, I guess, like Dylan said, I mean, Washington doesn't have a whole lot of guys on their roster for them to go out and and put their best foot forward is an accomplishment in some ways. Um, I think Coach Simpson does a good job with that group, even though uh, I know the record hasn't really shown it to this point. But Martinsburg is just a superior team, and it's going to be tough for you to imagine Washington putting a, in a competitive game at this point and where those two programs are. So not really a whole lot to take away on either side because Martinsburg kind of just went out there and did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, Murphy and,
0: Clement had a rest game, uh, still coming back from that Liz Frank injury last year.
2: Yeah, and, and Washington just isn't the program that can compete with Martinsburg, so kind of just is what it is, and, and you don't really take much from it, I don't think, in terms of breakdown, uh, because it's just not a very equal matchup.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree with that, but there's a very exciting game in the EPAC on Friday night. Uh, that was... Edgesville hosting Spring Mills came down to the very end as, uh, uh, I guess, Jackson Ruest had to come out of the game for an injury or something like that, so they threw in Dalton Harper, the backup quarterback, and then I guess Ruest was cleared to come back in. But they kept Harper in the game and threw Ruest out wide in the slot, and that was ended up helping them win the game as Harper found Ruest in the back of the end zone for a last-second touchdown.
1: Yeah, it ended up being a case of you know the Spring Mills defender not batting the ball down to the point where it tipped up and Ruess was able to get it. I mean, that's just what a wild decision there from Coach Faircloth. It ended up working out. Yeah. It's just that's not something you would expect to see at all. So, I mean, that was a great win to be able to pull that out for the Eagles. So they keep themselves in the ranks of like the top three in the EPAC there with Musselman. And Martinsburg, So we'll see how the rest of the season goes for them. That was one that they should have won. So that was, re- again, really close for them to being upset there. So they were able to pull it out, though. Got the win. They keep themselves on the right track.
2: Well, I think with the injury concerns there at Hedgesville, I said it all week, I thought Spring Mills would make that a closer game uh, than people thought. Now, I still thought Hedgesville would win by probably two scores, but it ended up coming down to the wire. This is a spring mills team that gets better and better each week. They're a young group. They're hungry. Um, and, and they proved that on Friday but just came up a little bit short. Uh, you know, with Coach Fairclough going for two there at the end, though. I mean, you don't see that very often. Uh, if, if it didn't work out for Hedgesville, we have completely different feelings about it, right? It's it's one of those situations where, you know, the coach looks like a genius when it works and looks not as smart if it, if it doesn't work. But – yeah um yeah i give credit to him for trusting his guys and going for two there at the end and, and winning that game uh it doesn't matter how you win it's a win i think coach mccook will tell us something like that if we talk to him this week about the the shepherd game you know yeah. you never apologize for winning it's something i heard yesterday on sunday night post game show some post game show somebody said that i don't know who it was but you never apologize for winning it might have been uh jimmy johnson that said that potentially but it's it's true i mean if you find a way to win the game it doesn't matter how ugly how close you won the game and, and that's the most important thing um at the end of the day so
0: yeah it is the most important thing it, it was a
2: good win for hedgesville i think with their injuries and everything heading into that game you get that epac win you get a sing or, or a big win there in conference over spring mills who's a team that is better than their record and uh you you get to survive and get another win to help your playoff chances
0: yeah uh, that's definitely a certain thing there uh hedgesville now is four and two on the season while the cardinals fall at 2 and 3 uh, but that sets up an interesting matchup this week for uh, kind of looking at the way the conference is is going out here in the Epac Martinsburg obviously 3 and 0 in the conference Musselman who was on a bye last week 2 and 1 in the conference Hedgesville 2 and 1 in the conference that's a big matchup we'll have this Friday uh, night on TV 10WR and TV on YouTube and Talk Radio WRNR as Musselman hosts Hedgesville for Musselman's homecoming in a big Epac matchup to kind of determine who's going to sit at number 2 in the EPAC.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a huge game on Friday night. Uh, Between those two schools, I think Musselman kind of has the edge right now, but we see now Hedgesville is battle-tested as well. Uh, That was kind of my big thing with Musselman heading into that Morgantown game. You know They knew how to win close games, and you had to win kind of back-and-forth games, and that I think helped them get that win, but now Hedgesville gets this win uh, against Spring Mills. They're down to the wire, and their confidence has to be pretty high, I think, heading in but I would give the slight edge to Musselman. I think it's going to be a really good game, though. It's uh, two good teams, two good quarterbacks,
0: so it should be a lot of fun. Two quarterbacks that also play football, or I mean, bas- baseball. <laughs> excuse me. Two quarter- two football players that also play baseball. Excuse me. I hope that's uh, what football. I meant to say. Yes, uh, <laughs> words are not. It's a Monday. It is a Monday. Uh, but uh, Jefferson Shellac, South Hagerstown forty-eight to six. The the Cougars are now four and two this week. Uh, they take on James Wood out of Virginia in a away game. It's their final, uh, I guess, out-of-conference, out-of-state game. Uh, now they've got, after that, they'll have a bye week next week and then three straight EPAC games, Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Washington. Uh, but uh, Jefferson still trying to, If they, it depends on if they can run that, gaunt, if they can go 2-1 and one with that loss probably to Martinsburg most likely, if they can get two wins over Hedgesville and Washington, they'll solidify themselves at the end of the year as that number two team, potentially. Uh, but Musselman, the, you know, that one point loss to Musselman looms large for right, them. Musselman would
2: then uh, potentially not be... I think Jefferson might be the toughest team to read still at this yes. point in the season because yeah. a lot of their non-conference games aren't Big time opponents. So it's like, yeah, you're beating these teams by, you know, 40 points or whatever. But how impressive is that win over South Hagerstown? I don't think it's that great of a win necessarily. I mean, like I said, you never apologize for winning, but uh, <laughs> South Hagerstown isn't a, a great program. James Wood is a struggling team. So they're probably going to get another big win this week. And then those final three games, I think we'll finally know how good Jefferson is at the end of those three games. Uh, because we really haven't seen it to this point. I think they're pretty good, obviously. They were competitive with Musselman, who I think is a good team. But we just don't know if they're necessarily a top-tier team in the state or if they're just kind of a middle-of-the-pack team that will get in the playoffs but end up losing the first round because they really didn't have that challenging of a non-conference schedule. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, we'll have to wait and
0: see. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. Uh, Musselman was on that bye last week, uh, but we'll kind of look forward – just quickly to this week, just mention excuse me, just mentioned Jefferson at James Wood, Hedgesville at Musselman. Spring Mills will be at Frankfurt. Frankfurt's double A, if I remember correctly. Is that yes. a, yeah, they're double A. They're good though. They are they're they are five and one on the season. So that'll be a test for Spring Mills. Uh, Martinsburg will host Riverside out of Ohio. Nick and I called that game last year at uh in Riverside, Ohio, or what is it called? It's not Riverside. Yeah. Painesville, Ohio. Yes,
2: Painesville.
0: In Painesville, Ohio, Beavers coming in 6-1 and one on the season. That should be a good matchup. A, a, what was a really great game last year, Nick?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Riverside challenges Martinsburg this week. And, you know, I think it's kind of a, a 50-50 game. Martinsburg could have lost the game last year. Got kind of not lucky, but they did get, you know, that last second kind of drive there to take the lead. And then that interception. Uh, the Hudson Clement touchdown um and it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out because i think it's kind of a toss-up game but even if martinsburg loses it's very similar to that highland springs feeling for me if martinsburg loses yeah it's a loss and you don't want to ever lose but um it doesn't matter a ton because you're not going to play riverside again but also i think they want this win to prove that they are still the top dogs, and there's not really I any see big what you question there. there. Uh, you know, a win over Riverside would really be that big signature win for them. So I think that's, that's kind of the extra motivation for Martinsburg this week, even though it's an out-of-state opponent, um, and it won't mean much probably in the long-term, win or lose. It means a lot, I think, for them to prove themselves uh, against a real challenge out of the state and out of the region, really. in in Riverside so it's a good opportunity for Martinsburg in that sense
0: yeah it definitely is a good opportunity in that sense and I was going to Dylan there he's the color analyst
1: yeah I do I agree with Nick that this is going to be probably the most challenging game for the Bulldogs outside of Highland Springs that and but Nick this team is not one you're going to face in the state tournament so this game is really just a measuring stick for yourself against other teams in other states to see how good you are and this is a team that, you know, as much as they challenge you, it's really it's there for you to be challenged like that, so that when the state tournament comes around, you like, all right, hmm? playoffs. When the playoffs come around, there's no tournament. Whatever.
0: It's kind of a tournament, but not a tournament like you'd think.
1: Regardless, yeah. the post the postseason. There you the go. The postseason comes around. You can say, well, we've we can deal with these other teams in the state because we've faced, you know, the six A state champion in Virginia. We've played this powerhouse team, Riverside from Ohio, and it gives you it can you know if nothing else, mentally prepare you more for these other teams in West Virginia.
0: Yeah, that is definitely a good point to make. Ar Emmerich in the comments section on the TV10 Facebook live stream says Riverside is number three in Division Two in Ohio, very difficult opponent this week. Yeah, I mean, we saw
2: last year they were a great team, uh, and you could argue that Martinsburg hasn't been the same team that they were last year at times. I mean, but it's a brand-new team for Riverside as well, so it's hard to kind of get a gauge on it. But I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think either way, it will be a close game. It won't be like what we saw of Highland Springs, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think these two teams seem to be very well matched. Yeah, I think it's very equal yeah, and uh, he chimes back in and says, "But a loss means you're probably only one home play, only playing one home playoff." That, that's a good point. So yeah. it's Martinsburg definitely wants the win this week, like they do every week. But uh, they need to continue that winning stretch down the road. But uh, that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix. Brought to you in part uh, by. Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online delivered to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com Hagerstown Ford, the official dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bagent. We'll talk about Tyson Bagent and that Shepherd Rams team as they got a win and a rainy Shippensburg on Saturday afternoon. Talk about that. We come back after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. These days have dawn.
1: Known. This Saturday afternoon, your Martinsburg Bulldogs take on the Riverside Beavers. Hunt to the near side, caught by Hunter. Hunter starts backwards, goes to the far side, trying to find some space, has a few blockers, goes upfield on the far sideline at the 10, to go into the end zone. He's hit backwards, but he stayed in bounds, pushes his way back forward, touchdown Bulldogs. Tune in at noon right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10.
0: You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Dylan Bishop hanging out with you today, Dylan. Going to be our, uh, most likely, coming in on Mondays, recapping the games that we had on the week over the weekend and just uh, his takes on the uh, national sports over the weekend. Uh, but we'll start talking about his favorite football team, probably her, his favorite team to follow of all time, I would say, Probably. Just because all their sports teams he loves so dearly, well, he went to school. He there. did go to
1: school there too. We're talking about the best football team in the state of West Virginia, the Shepherd See Rams. Was
0: That's college football team.
1: <laughs> I mean, what professional football team in West Virginia really can match? What about Rams?
0: Martinsburg? Yeah. They could be the best football team in the state of West Virginia.
1: <laughs> I'd be interested to see that. Martinsburg versus Shepard.
0: Hey, there's a lot, a lot of former of players, players. say,
1: Shepard's there. like yeah. 20% Martinsburg players anyway. There's
2: a little so. bit of a difference between college and high school, right? Yeah.
1: Um, A significant. Yeah. yeah. You know, it would be cool, might, though. It might be.
0: It would be cool, though. You see a team with Tyson Bajan and then versus a team with Ezra Bajan. That'd be cool. Maybe we'll see that. Brother versus there. brother. The yeah. Bayin, Manning, the Bajan Bowl. The Manning Bowl? The Bajan Bowl.
1: <laughs> the Harbaugh Bowl.
0: I don't know what uh, Travis would do there. <laughs> He'd probably have a half a jersey with... Which Travis? <laughs> Travis Bajent. What about Travis Smith? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this 30-13 to 13 victory for Shepard over Shippensburg. Uh, it was a rainy afternoon up in Shippensburg, and... Uh, very rainy, breezy day up there. Uh, no touchdown scored in the first quarter. It was nothing, nothing. A couple missed field goals for both teams, uh, Nick. But uh, Shepard had to play kind of catch up after an 80-yard touchdown run um, with about two minutes and five seconds left in the first half from Khalid Dorsey uh, that he kind of just ran through the pile. Yeah, that was a weird touchdown yeah.
2: run where it looked like he was going to yeah. be brought down and then all of a sudden there goes Dorsey out the gate for a touchdown. But besides that play, I thought it was a, a decent performance for Shepard and I think overall a important win, like one of those ones that the numbers might not jump off the page to you, but you go on the road, it's a rivalry game, it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy, and things just aren't clicking early, but eventually you find a way to win and kind of just grind it out and get a solid win. Like, it's not something flashy, but I think it's a, it's, it's an important type of game because Shepard did a few things that stood out to me. One, they had their most balanced attack since week one, and week one was Southern Connecticut State, who just honestly wasn't a very good football team. I think Shippensburg's a, a decent team. So you go out, you have a balanced attack, throw the ball for 252 yards you run the ball for 200 yeah, yards say almost so 200
0: if not 200 yards
2: you have a balanced attack there in that game uh you're able to find different receivers you don't turn the ball over in the rain which is pretty good now i know they fumbled it a few times but they will recover tyson Bagent was only sacked once compared to weeks where he's been under some pressure uh so i think those are all good things that Shepard can take from this game and progress into the next few weeks so it was an important kind of win for the Rams and I thought the defense played well I mean overall you're going to give up 144 rushing yards but 80 of them come on one play so besides that one bad play there you were good against the run and you were good against the pass and a young quarterback and you took care of business and got the win so um, again not the most flashy victory not the most exciting victory necessarily but a win's a win and I think it's a good grinded out win I mean, it's a pretty solid Shippensburg team. And then this week, Lockhaven, unfortunately we won't have coverage of it, but it's probably one that you can miss because, I mean, Lockhaven's just not a very good football
0: Plus, team. Plus, it's at home. It's at Rams Stadium, so yeah. you can go watch the game. It should be a decent Saturday weather-wise, Uh great fall day. And the Rams in the state might put Virginia. up 100. I think that's a little real. If they wanted to, they could put up
2: 100 this week.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. – I mean, how much Tyson Bajant will you see in that game? <laughs> I don't know. Will you see a half plate, or three will he play, you play? Know, yeah, three quarters. I mean, quarters? they put up 70 last year, and Lockhaven lost this year 49-7
2: to to Clarion. Clarion's usually not very good. so.
0: Yeah. Uh, but kind of going back into that game, uh, you know, on the way up, I was talking to Travis, and you know, I said, I, it appears to me that Blake Hartman's kind of solidified himself as that number two back. Yeah. And I think he has. You didn't see Avon – is it Avon Holly? Yes. You didn't see Avon Holly. Uh, he didn't record a rush. Hartman recorded seven rushes for 18 yards, lost six total of 12 yards. Uh, but, I mean, you know, he's a freshman by technicality, by the way that his, he's listed on the roster as a freshman. So for him to be getting some time right now is pretty big.
2: Yeah. It and is. again, we don't know if there's any injury potentially to Avon Holly or if it is that Blake Hartman has completely taken over that role.
0: But, Might have to be a question that we asked Coach McCook Yeah, but tonight. who knows
2: if we would get an answer That's on that true. completely. But I would say this. Um, you still got to ask it. Uh yeah. Blake Hartman mm-hmm. has done some good things. I think he provides a little bit more than Avon Holly does as a back. Avon Holly's a good downhill runner, um, does some good things in between the tackles. But Hartman has a little bit more explosiveness. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he does provide a little bit more. And I think it will be interesting to see next year uh, I know that's looking way ahead, but Shepard's going to obviously have some different situations with its offense, presuming they don't get like some big transfer in at quarterback. Um, and Ronnie Brown and Blake Hartman could really be the vocal point of the offense next yeah. year, which would be interesting to see, but that's a whole year away. So, uh, For this year's team, he has found a way to get a little bit of a role there in that backfield, and uh, it's nice to see you know a lot of local guys playing well for Shepard. Um, on defense, you have your two starting tackles are from Jefferson and Martinsburg. So, you have Martinsburg, a linebacker there, and Dwayne Grantham. Um, who's playing spectacular.
1: Yes. He has been just great. Uh, kind of the leader of the de- defense, really. I think he's
0: also got that height that he could drop into coverage. And I think yeah. that's been the best part about his game, is that you see him drop into coverage. He's had three picks this season because he's dropped right. into coverage.
1: Yeah, that's been incredibly impressive. Can I give you a stat on Tyson Bajan here? Yeah, give it. He had 252 it. yards and two touchdowns in that last game, right? He is now 2,031 passing yards and 16 passing touchdowns away from the all-time Division II career records in both of those categories.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to call you every single time we want this update. Or I guess it'll be a Monday morning or a Monday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> Dylan Bishop, Tyson Bajan update.
1: Yep, and he made I mean Two thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns in half of a season. I mean, that's that's par for the course for him before you even get into the postseason. Yeah, the tournament.
2: <laughs> Any other thoughts, still on, on the victory? From uh, what you were able to see on the sideline, or
1: soggy sideline. I'm just at this point. I think the only thing standing in the way of the Rams of getting to the PSAC championship and potentially going you know undefeated into the postseason is themselves. You know, uh, maybe a tough, slippery rock team.
2: Well, slippery rock r- loss. Well, there
1: you go. Loss IUP, IUP is tough too. There it was it, the, so that works out a little bit in their favor. IUP still good, not quite as good as, as IUP is not rock on been. the
2: schedule though. Well, that would be the that PCX would be championship. the championship Instead game. Merzano, oh, yeah. last week they would have that to go to
1: IUP, and so that would be the tough. I think the only thing standing in the way of the undefeated regular season is themselves, and I think the only thing standing in the way of Tyson Bajan and another Harlan Hill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think a, a few of those those games where Ronnie didn't have a h- huge day on the ground uh, probably helps Tyson Bajan to get that Harlan Hill trophy again. Yeah. Um, but I think there is still a few games here on the schedule that you could potentially point to and will at least be closer. I think Westchester like, will West be Chester. a close game yeah. uh, because it was last year, and they have a high-powered offense at times. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think you're right. You, you should see wins the next two weeks against uh, Lockhaven and Millersville, especially because you're at home. Yeah. Uh, and those programs just have been down for years, it seems like. Westchester, though, on the road, I mean, that's a solid team. They competed with Shepard last year, had them on the ropes, so no guarantees there. Uh, Bloomsburg has been down the past couple of years, and I think East Strasburg is having a decent season, but I still think Shepherd should be able to get those wins. But that's looking ahead obviously yeah Then IUP gets that win this week over slippery rock 20 to 12 uh last year Shepard ha- handled IUP pretty good but it's a different IUP team so that west division is still very tough because IUP's got to play Cal this week mm-hmm. and we can't over-, over overlook Cal as an opponent uh in the cold bowl so and there's some there's some interesting things developing in this conference but I think uh I'm with you I think Shepard can probably win the east with yeah. only really one challenge remaining. Yeah, on
1: I'd say schedule. there's no game left on the schedule that they you that you would expect them to lose.
0: It's true. But yeah. that
2: was how it was in the preseason because Shepard was the yeah. highest ranked team in the conference. So. Yeah,
0: one thing I want to go back to about this game and kind of impressive just kind of that he played and he played really well was Brian Walker. He had the two touchdowns that Tyson Bajan threw and Nick, when we interviewed when you interviewed him on Wednesday, we were waiting for him. Well, because he had to go get his ankle taped, because I guess he, I don't know if, what happened, but he, he in, tweaked it. A he hurt it during like the, the first drive, I think, of last week's game. But
1: he, I saw the I saw that on the sideline, him having to get taped up over over his uh, over his shoe. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that's still bothering him.
0: But I mean, he played really well with uh, you know his hurt ankle. He had six catches, 56 yards, two touchdowns, and you know he seemed to be that target in the red zone.
1: He seems to just find ways to get open. Like he And, just finds you know, it
0: was a here. down game for Marlon Cook. He only had four catches for 31 yards. You expect him to have, you know, six catches, 80-plus yards. He's, He's had
2: 100 yards in every game this season, but eventually teams are going to start focusing on him more. And, and that allows Ryan Beach and
0: Brian Walker to do their Yeah, thing. I mean, you almost saw Ryan Beach get up to 100 yards. Yeah. Nine catches, 89 yards. Yeah, Marlon, so.
1: Marlon Cook was leading the nation in receiving yards coming into the game.
0: Is he so. not anymore?
1: Uh, 31 yards. I'm not sure. We'd have to check the division two stat leader. And I'll say this there. too:
2: Marlon Cook took a big shot at the he beginning did. of that game. Maybe that slowed him down a little bit. Uh, he did appear to be fine, which is good to see. But uh, he took a pretty good hit there, and maybe that kind of I don't know slowed him down a little bit. But he he did kind of become the focus. And when you're the leading nation's receiving yards leader, he is now number two. Um, you know, teams are going to focus on you, and that's going to allow Ryan Beach, Brian Walker, Kenny Edlin, all these other guys to make big plays. And we saw that a little bit on Saturday. So um, it'll be interesting to see how teams decide to defend this Shepard team because they have the ability to run the ball with Ronnie Brown. They have the ability to dink, dink, and, dun it, dink and dunk down the field <laughs> with Ryan Beach and Brian Walker kind of over the middle. Or you can take the top off the defense with what Marlon Cook's been able to do. So
0: it's a tough team to play. It is a tough team to play, but another team uh, in the Mountain State that played this weekend, unfortunately, they fell to Texas as uh, that the Mountaineers fell thirty-eight to twenty in a game that uh, West Virginia had to score thirteen points in the final quarter to make it closer than it really was for most of the ball game. Colin wearing that burnt orange on Friday. Yeah,
1: he jinxed them. Longhorn
0: bad, Orange. Bad mojo. You know, don't come after me for saying West Virginia lost. Come after Colin for wearing Longhorn Orange. Well, saying West Virginia lost is just a fact. I know, but somebody would come, come after me for, for saying, that. saying that. Don't you uh, tune in uh, at But all? T's and P's up to C.J. Donaldson. That was a horrible hit.
1: Yeah, hopefully he can get back pretty, pretty soon because he's been a big part of this team so far. I mean, this game, Texas is a good team. So it's not. I mean, not surprising. I kind of started underestimating West Virginia a little bit after the loss to Kansas because it was week two, I and mean, I think we were still up in the air just how good Kansas is. Kansas is five and zero now. Yeah. So and Jay- they're Jay- hosted College Game Day this week. Right. That's gonna be fun for them, I'm sure. So yes. Jalen Daniels at quarterback has been really fun for them. So it kind of now that we've gotten into this good part of the season here, about close to halfway through. We can readjust there, that big win against Virginia Tech. This game, this on uh, next Thursday, their next game coming up against Baylor is going to be a tough one, uh, another Thursday night game for them. But They got a bye week this week, probably a good time for a bye week. Right. Kind of reset. Yeah. I mean, Texas lost to Alabama by one point. Yeah. So, not surprised that they beat up on West Virginia.
2: I'll say this too, it's, it's kind of tough to imagine – any game left on West Virginia's schedule where you'd say they're favored to win. It's kind of the opposite of Shepard, right? I mean, you got Baylor this week, you got Texas Tech, which could kind of go either way, I think. TCU, they're 4-0, so that's going to be a tough game. Iowa State's always tough. Oklahoma, I know they're having a down year, but it's still Oklahoma at the end of the day. Kansas State is ranked, Oklahoma State is ranked right now, so... I mean, I think they could definitely get a few wins in there, but it's definitely not going to be easy for the Mountaineers uh, to finish out this season. I mean, every team they play has a winning record from here on out.
0: And they've got a lot of ranked teams left on their schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, the old adage, switch, last team we'll talk about here in college football. Well, i want to bring something else up. But old adage, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right, Nick?
2: Yep. Marshall, I mean – I said at week one I didn't think uh, Henry Columbia was really all that good, so
0: Well apparently I, I, I he he was hurt and they just for precautionary reasons, since they were just gonna be running the ball. Yeah. He kinda kept them out. But he was struggling anyway, so and when you're
2: struggling against I can't even remember who they played, that's how bad they were. Gardner Webb. Gardner Webb. I was gonna call him like Greenbrier East. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but Marshall pretty much Marshall decline. did score a touchdown in every quarter. I will say that. They did put up a touchdown there. Oh, that's good. Uh yes. but Kalen Layborn continues to tear it up. 35 carries, 191 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's tops in the top 5 at least. I believe he is, yeah. In rushing yards total in Division 1. That's the thing
2: about this team if the herds Their identity had a is now running. If they had a quarterback, be a pretty good team because the defense is good. The running backs are good. If they had a good quarterback, they would probably
0: be 5-0. and Probably, but I mean, Because their defense... They don't. Their defense hasn't given up a touchdown in two games. I know. Or three games. Two games? Three games. They gave up...
2: Uh, they gave up touchdowns against uh, Bowling Green.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that the, the answer to Marshall's problems at quarterback is on campus, though. They have a great quarterback on campus in... A, Women's basketball point guard Abby Beeman. Uh, listen, she's five foot four, but so is Kyler Murray. So,
2: <laughs> what? that's fair.
1: Yeah, have you seen, I mean, she's a great point guard. She's got the quarterback vision. She can do it. Maybe. Put her in. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, it's an option. I don't know if it's the option. You have Cole
0: Pennington.
1: You got Peter, Peter Zamora. Zamora. I know what I'm know who I'm rolling with. <laughs> All,
0: All right, Cole Adam. Pennington, the son of Chad Pennington, though.
1: They should just bring back Chad Pennington because he have a COVID year. He might. (laughs) Everybody does, right?
0: All right. uh, Final topic here. Something that I've never seen, but that's because, you know, for most of my life on Saturdays, I've been watching one team or I've been covering one team uh, and just haven't really paid attention to a lot of stuff in college football uh, when it comes to, like, the beginning, the entrances. I mean, I know about Virginia Tech, but Clemson, can we talk about they take a team bus with full pads on to run down that hill? That's it's, freaking crazy.
1: It's pretty wild.
0: I, well, you take a you jump in your team bus, pads and all, cleats and all. Yep. And then you jump out and you're running down you're the running hill.
1: Downhill, man. It just
0: the funniest part was, uh, you know, I can't remember who was on the call for that. Is that uh, who's the top team with Herb Who's who's the play by play? Chris
1: No, no. Chris Fowler. Chris yeah. Fowler. Yeah. Chris
0: Fowler was like, you, know, you got to watch that state trooper see if he can catch up, stay up with Davo. <laughs> Because the state trooper was standing there while Dabo was about to run down. It was pretty funny.
1: Chris Fowler and Reese Davis are like the same person. My yes. Mind, so I always mix yes. them up. Yes.
0: I always mix them up too. Yeah. Uh, but that was pretty crazy. I've just, just never, I guess, paid attention to that. I'm sorry. What are your guys' takes on that? I don't know if you watched it. I mean, I think they've been doing that for
2: a long time. They have. But they I have, just yeah. never so I don't really have a take on it. Cause
1: it's, it's, it just feels like a very Dabo Swinney thing. I know that Clemson's always done it, but it just it seems like what Dabo Swinney would come up with for a, a team pregame ritual. Just let's run down a hill and touch a rock.
0: Yeah, why not? Did you know Dabo's real name is not Dabo? That well, doesn't surprise me. forget what it is. But, yeah. It's uh, William Christopher Dabo. They called him. I can't remember. I heard Pat McAfee talking about how he got his nickname, but uh, it's pretty funny. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an store any longer. Cabinets and Designer Bedding, Outdoor Living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hackles Way. When we get back on the other side of this break, we'll talk uh, Misery Monday for all three of our, well, all three teams kind of represented on this station. We'll talk about that when we come back after this two minute break you tune to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and tv 10. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio
2: WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV
0: 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Dylan hanging out with you today as we break down Uh, Teams here in the regional area for NFL football. Washington Commanders fall once again. They've lost three straight now. Uh, They don't have a quarterback. They do have a quarterback, but they don't have a quarterback. Carson Wentz just can't make those easy throws that he should be able to make. 25 of 42 for 170 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Just not not a fan of him at all. I thought something was going to change, but it hasn't.
1: No, I really never been in on Carson Wentz it was, even at North Dakota State when I, I watched him I was really into the NFL draft at that time I thought why is this guy projected to go in the top two of the draft he makes so many mistakes and it's translated over the NFL he had that like half a season where Doug Peterson who has now turned Trevor Lawrence into a top 10 quarterback it might look like
0: eh, me.
1: <laughs> he's in there
2: he had a good first half against the Eagles or whatever it also
0: was. Cooper Rush is a very solid backup
1: yes I don't think losing to that Cowboys team is anything to get upset about, but Carson Wentz is something to get upset about because it's just, he's just not it. He's not yeah,
2: him. Yeah, he's uh, not been very good this year. But I'll say this. The Cowboys do have a pretty good defense. I mean, they've been
0: – Micah Parsons is just a beast. I heard yeah. somebody say yesterday, I think it was on the broadcast, he's already like a Hall of Fame caliber guy and he's just in his second season. Yeah, I mean,
2: he fell in the draft because he took a year off. I didn't understand it at the time because you, if you watched him at Penn State, he just dominated. So, I mean, the guy was a stud. Uh, definitely should have went higher in the draft. But that Cowboys defense has been good all year. I mean, that's why they're winning games. Yeah. I know Cooper Rush has been solid, but the most points the Cowboys have given up is 17 to the Bengals. And besides that, I mean, you give up – or I'm sorry, 19 to the Buccaneers week one. So you gave up 19 points to Tom Brady and a healthy Buccaneers team at the time, and then 17 to the Bengals, 16 to the Giants, and 10 to the Commanders. So their defense has been one of the best, if not the best, in the league. Uh, And and we said it on Friday that was going to be really tough for Washington to pull off that upset. Um, We'll see if the Cowboys are legit this week when they play the Rams, but – the commanders just aren't a very good football team. I think we already kind of knew that. So, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Uh, commanders, who do they play? I don't even know. They play next week. Come on, Spencer. They got the Tennessee
2: Titans. Oh, yeah. It's a winnable game. They got winnable games the next two weeks. Titans, Titans and the and Bears. Bears.
0: The Bears. Thursday night football to Bears. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go.
1: Commanders, Bears in prime time. Are you on excited? on prime. A nice little 13-3 matchup. Hey,
0: we gotta talk we gotta keep this show going. We've got less than 10 minutes another we break do. to take. Yeah. Uh Steelers fall to the Jets 24 to 20 now, one and three on the season. They bench Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> uh Kenny the other team picked it. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny the, the other team, team picked, picked it, it. Pick it. uh comes in ten of thirteen, 120 yards, three interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, I think, what, one of them was really his fault, maybe?
1: The last one was a Hail Mary. The first yeah. one hit off Claypool's hands.
0: Chase Claypool is bad.
1: Hey, Pickens, though. Very
0: good. Six catches, on 102 yards. my fantasy team
2: in our Berkeley Springs league that I don't really pay that much attention to, and Chase Claypool sucks. Yeah. dude didn't even catch a pass. How do you go a whole game without catching a pass?
1: I don't know. Did but they Mr. give him three jet sweeps like they do every week though?
2: No, he didn't do anything. He was just out there, <laughs> he just ran around for Kenny Pickett 60 did, minutes. on
1: the run
0: on the ground. Those six carries, fifteen yards, and two touchdowns on the Jets side of things.
2: That's probably all he did on the Jets
0: side of things. Zach Wilson comes back, Equally. eighteen of thirty-six, two hundred fifty-two yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He I'm also I'm had two carries, that, fifteen know. yards. Uh, but True. <laughs> the Commanders and Steelers are on the same level right now, and the Commander or the Steelers have the Bills and the Bucks the next two weeks, so it's going to be tough for them.
2: And then they got they got somebody else good after that. I saw it on uh... Uh,
0: the Dolphins. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Then
2: they then the Eagles, then oh, the man. Saints, oh, Bengals,
1: no.
0: Colts. They
2: got, <laughs> got like a... two winnable
0: games or three
2: winnable games. Yeah. That's not
1: going to be fun.
0: Uh, but the Bills just beat up on the Ravens. Uh, well, Raven, they didn't beat up. Well, they, the they came the back. Did. So it was. <laughs> It was 20. The Ravens were up 20 to 10 at halftime and didn't score a single point in the second half. The Bills come back to win 23 to 20, now 3 and 1 on the season. Ravens 2 and 2. So, all around bad day for all the teams, not only that we cover on the station, but all
1: of our favorite teams.
2: I think the thing about the Ravens game Jimmy Smith just retired?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's all. He was already not on the team.
2: But um, what I was going to say is. A lot of people will probably look at that game and blame the defense but I think it's more so on the offense just not doing anything in the second half uh, and not take I mean because really the whole game I mean the the first touchdown was because the defense set it up they got a field goal because the defense set it up so I, I think the defense played respectable on Sunday uh, obviously hardball doesn't kick that field goal at the end which I disagreed with uh, but I mean I don't know I just I think this team at times, Has potential to be really good and just haven't really put it all together yet. Uh, But if you only give up 23 points to Josh Allen and the Bills, you're expected to win that game.
0: You are expected to win that game. And uh, who's worse, the Steelers or the Commanders? I think the Commanders are worse. Yeah, the Steelers have at least been
1: close. I didn't even get a word in on the Ravens. You're playing the break music there, Spencer. Well, we've got to hit a
0: break. We've they, got seven minutes left, but get your I'm take not going
1: to defend how the team played in the second half there, but still, I want it on the record. With a competent officiating crew, the Ravens win that game.
2: Blaming the officials, Dylan. Listen, I to blame well, the officials. but
1: I want that on the record.
0: All right, command- who's worse?
1: Championship. Uh, f- Steelers.
0: Steelers potentially got a quarterback in Kenny Pickett, though. Mm. Any
2: of the other team
0: picked it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Uh, We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap up this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, Baseball coming to an end. Uh, We'll talk about both teams here in the regional area. And uh, wild card starts this Friday. We'll go do talk about that after this two minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR one hundred six point five FM AM seven forty and TV Ten. All right, welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer, Nick, and Dylan. Dylan Bishop hanging out with you, are most likely our normal Monday co-host. If everything works out the way that it's been working out for the most part over the, this next long while. Uh, but we'll finish... The Monday show talking about baseball, specifically the Nats and the O's. The Nats get a big win with young guys uh, being the focal point in the game on one of the games on Saturday, but then they lose the three others. they got three games left in the season, two of which you can hear right here on Talk Radio WRNR. It's almost over. Almost over. Misery's almost over. The Long pain and agony is almost over. Uh, but get ready it was, for it again next year. It might be a little bit better, <laughs> no. I think. No. Mm. I think a little bit better. 62 wins next year? I think 70 wins. No. 70 Pitching. wins if you can get if if you second get rebuild, Gore, I don't know about that. Uh, if you can get Mackenzie Gore healthy, maybe get Strasburg. Mackenzie maybe, Gore. Maybe throw Strasburg in the bullpen. Strasburg's never going to play What do we think about Strasburg in the bullpen? I think that'd be nice. He's never going to pitch again. Go for it. Why are you saying he's never going to pitch again? Because he hasn't pitched for like four years.
1: That's not true. Two years. He's done, Spencer. Washed. All right. Well, it's two okay. young guys, twenty-two year old he's the Luis Chris Garcia, Davis of the Washington.
0: Hey, right. twenty-two year old rookie or not rookie Luis Garcia and Joey Manessas both have big games. Nine RBIs between them. Kind of gives a glimpse at the future in the thirteen to four victory that the Nats had on Saturday's uh, game one. Over the Phillies But they lost uh, the rest of the games They'll be back in action tonight seven ten tomorrow seven ten, And then I believe I thought they, they must have changed Wednesday's game, I thought it was 2-10pm But now it's 4-10pm um, But tonight's starter Is going to be Abbott, tomorrow's starter Will be Espino and they'll end the season with Nick's favorite Nats pitcher, Eric Fetty uh, But the O's uh, They're finally out of playoff contention No need to worry anymore <laughs>
1: though.
0: It's true. Hey, you gotta start somewhere. First yep. time since 2016
2: doing that, and they didn't let Aaron Judge uh, continue his record against them, so I think that's yeah. a good thing.
1: Remember? They're a year ahead of schedule. Are they? Based on they their They weren't supposed to be plan, good
2: this year. They were supposed to win 60 games this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, we, they
1: the were, last yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> on
0: the last play of the game! On the last play!
1: And another thing about the Ravens-Bills officials, alright? Joe Rome
0: we don't have time for this. We've got like 30 seconds. Say. say it in 30 seconds. Actually, 10 seconds. Give, give me, you got 10 seconds.
1: Mark Andrews, offensive pass interference, took four points off the board. The, no call on the other pass interference on the Ravens that wasn't called. Took another six points that the Bills got. All
0: right, five. You're done? All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix tonight. Neon Moon, Monday Night Mayhem, live from 6 to 8 p.m. Colin and I will talk with. Rams head coach Ernie McCook, Tyson Bajan, as well as another player, will preview Monday Night Football Rams and 49s, which you can tune into on Talk Radio WRNR. For Dylan, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow.